0: Hello everyone, this is Noble back with another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the New Paradigm. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, This person here is somebody who's very special to me, who helped me out tremendously when I really needed somebody uh, to help me. Um, A big reason I am the way I am now and the way I've evolved over the past 10 years and became the man that I really want to be is, is, in large part, Due to the uh, help and love and guidance I got from this woman right here, so uh, everyone, please say um, hello to Kenya K. Stevens.
1: Hey, Noble, how are you? This is fun. You got your own podcast, huh,
0: baby? I, I do. I do. I wanted to get my narrative out there. I wanted to talk to the people and uh, you know let them you know, kind of pass on the stuff that you know you helped introduce me to.
1: I but- love that. That's going to be so helpful to so many people. This is good.
0: I hope so. I hope so. But um, I know you're busy, baby. I know you got a lot. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but I just really want to talk to you today about about you. you know, I, li- I hear your podcast all the time, and uh, I hear you get to talk about yourself a little bit, but I, I feel like people don't always really get to get um, enough of the picture of how dynamic and how wonderful you really are oh, and, what nice. you created, and what you created for people, you know, like what you really... Um, have brought into the world you know
1: that's awesome well people want to talk about polyamory all the time so that's what i usually talk about (laughs) they really don't know the extent of what you know progressive love academy or psalms mystery school is or the bountiful um body of work that we've worked on for the past 17 years but i'm more than willing to talk about poly shoot
0: (laughs) (laughs) right I just want to ask you just a couple of questions, um, just about yourself in general, just about you know where you are as a person, if you're willing to share. Um, Absolutely,
1: my- I love
0: sharing. I overshare, Noble. <laughs> I I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, One of the first things I want to ask you is, what is your vision for the future? Like, how do you All the work that you're doing, the things that you're creating. Um, I would just like for you to say in, in here, where do you feel like we're going? Or where do you feel like you want us to go with the work that you're putting out?
1: Absolutely. Well, my vision for the future 10 years ago was to build literally an army of coaches, an army of people who do not think of themselves as victims, but instead as gods. And that just required you know, brain surgery. <laughs> we did that brain surgery on hundreds of thousands of people. And I feel like we have that army now. Um, The next step of this plan for me is to take it even deeper into the masses and really educate people from a standpoint that they can understand like through via television, right? And then I really want to go ahead and start a network. I believe that a television network that has to do with healing, you understand like all the people who went through all the terrible reality series and all the bad things, they crashed and burned on television, they can come to my network and heal. (laughs) <laughs> and people can find interest in watching them heal. So that's one of the projects that I'm working on. And of course, just personally, I really want to do land and have a community with others of like mind, um, literally a subdivision. So those are things that I work on and think about in my life. I, always, I also wanna do brick and mortar counseling where you, know, you have an argument with your partner, argument with your kids. You can literally go to a brick and mortar and for a low price, Get the consulting that you need. Get the coaching mm-hmm. that you need. So all these types of things are within my my um, my gears turned around all those projects.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. I haven't. I've never even heard you talk about some of those. That's uh, that's really dope to um, know. Hear what you're working on. I fully believe that you're going to make it happen too. Like I, I know you.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You know I'm doing it. <laughs>
0: one thing um, i also want to talk about is something i don't think you really get enough time to really shed light on and break it and and break it down to people like the benefits or what it really is um would be up level absolutely Uh, would you be willing to talk about what exactly is up level for people who maybe never heard of it
1: absolutely being a love coach for the past 17 years and being married for the past 26 years, I found that it is the language itself. I think that sometimes we think we are failing in our relationships or we are a bad communicator, or you know we, we take it personal, we take it like, oh, we've done something wrong. Really, it's the language, it's the culture that, gu- that misguides individuals and does not provide a way to have a decent conversation, you know about anything real. So that's not like, oh, Noble, you're bad, or Kenya, you're bad, or anybody's bad. We, up level, what it did is change the beat and the rhythm of the language, change the use of the language, and change the construction of the conversation. So, you know, I've been in a lot of circular arguments with people, you know how, well, I didn't do it. Well, yes, you did. I I didn't see, uh uh-uh, it's not, uh uh-uh, I don't even know. Defense, just a back and forward um, conversation that doesn't get anywhere. That Mm. is what up-level remedies. I really enjoy um, teaching and using the system because it really does stop that back and
0: forth. Mm. That's amazing. I can say from experience, it definitely really does work. Um, Let me ask you another question, which would be like, how did you create the up-level? Like how did you, cause that sounds dynamic and powerful, Like, how did you even like come up with something like that? I
1: believe our life purpose starts when we're born. So I was born into a house where there was a back and forth tumultuous argument every day. You know, there were there was people throwing not throwing blows in my house, but there was violence in that people would throw lamps or throw coffee mugs or, you know, throw televisions. You know, what I'm saying? like saying? it was really um, my house. You know, and these were two brilliant people who went to the University of Michigan. You know, one of the first black graduates in math at all from the University of Michigan was my dad. And, you know, so it's not as though they were lacking in education, it's that the education was lacking in teaching about and educating them on relationship. So me and my brother and my sister watch a lot of tumultuous activity. And for me, it started there. I was like, there has to be a solution for this. This is crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. A, by the time I turned 18, you know, they had really reached the height of their their argument. And I actually had to save my parents' relationship. So I had oh. to come up with innovative ways. Yeah, I was 18. I was at Howard University and they would mm-hmm. call me every day. My mom, my dad, they would be going back and forth. And it's like I had to start to formulate ways that they could communicate without yelling and cutting each other off and being rude and you know all of the things that cause these arguments. So I think it started there. Then, you know, after I had children and got a little older and became polyamorous, I found that these same arguments and the same way of communicating was in the way of a harmonious polyamory situation. Because if I had an issue with my husband, I'm going, you know, go off. I'm going to go get a stick. I might want to beat his ass. I might want to act crazy, you know, and I didn't know what to do with that energy besides let it just run in the house, let the wild animal out. And Mm. so did he. And so I was like, we can't do this with more than one partner. We have to really think of something better. So um, I started studying and I saw that our ancestors had ways to communicate. So I read a lot of Sobamfu Some and Maladoma Some and of course uh, Shekem Ur Shekem, Raunefra Amen. I read a lot of um, pieces that uh, bring to this culture what this culture is missing. So Sobamfu Some talks about a ritual in Africa where when you're mad at your spouse, you never talk directly to your spouse. You get a bowl of water, they get a bowl of water, they draw a circle outside and sit back to back. And then so they say what they're angry about but not say it to each other. They're gonna say it to the forest, our ancestors said. Say it to the forest. So they yell and scream at the forest about why they're upset at each other. Then they turn around, take a bowl of water and wash each other's chakra points. This is our ancestors who said to be heathens. So how are they heathens when they had this type of psychology? And so when I studied all of the ancient rituals, I started to get ideas about how we could ritualize our language system and bring, that's really what's wrong with Western culture. And there's nothing wrong because we created Western culture so that we could figure it out. It's like a video game that you have to solve, right? It's like a riddle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that. That's how we um, re- re-equilibrate Western culture is by going ahead and reintroducing what the the ancient wisdom is that's what up level is many don't know that another piece about up level is that the our ancestors who came to this country were still using the language of our ancestors so for instance I used to think it was whack when when when, the, when when we watch a, a movie about slavery and the slave trade how it seemed like the blacks would kowtow and they would say yes sir okay sir how, how can I support you? You know what? What uh, they empathizing with the with their masters and so forth. They're using a system of how you deal with the animal. Mm-hmm. If somebody's acting like an animal, you have to utilize empathy. You have to go on the other side, or you can risk your life. Right? Mm-hmm. Always <laughs> want. to did our ancestors fight? What would they do? What they they knew that they were gods. That's another portion of up level. So all of these pieces of up level, the progressive love tenants, all of the parts that make up this new language system is directly from our indigenous heritage.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's very powerful. Um,
1: absolutely, absolutely. That's how we survived. You know, right? it literally is how we survived. Um, uh, just take for instance, the movie um, Gone with the Wind. And here's here is the woman of European origin. Girl, get my stuff. Where's not that? Oh, my hair is not right. Empathy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. a, a, um, um, a, she, you know, you do a simulation. In up level, there's something called a simulation when somebody animal is up. Simulate what they want to hear. Yes, ma'am. How can I support mm-hmm. you? What is it? What, you know, <laughs> I empathize. Oh, that's terrible. You know. That's what our our ancestors are brilliant, brilliant, right. and that's where up level comes
0: from. Okay, now um, you did say the word animal several times, and uh, some and I, uh, having read you know, the uplevel book and been around you for so long, I know you were referring to um, the three phases of self: low like ego, um, animal, and higher self. Um, would you be care to go into that at all for people who may not really understand what you mean when you that's say animal?
1: Oh, yeah. The basis of up level, it really um, uproots the Western understandings that really are not understandings. So in the West, we think, oh, my gosh, I am me. Who are you, noble? I'm noble. Well, who is that? What does that mean? What, What does it mean, I am noble? Well, I am noble. I'm my personality called noble. In indigenous culture, we understood that humans have several layers to us. So, yes, you see our physical body. We call that the animal. So Mm -hmm. in the up-level book, you'll refer to that as your animal, your physical body that comes along with the animation, animal, animation of how you respond, how you react emotionally to the world. So the animal is your raw emotions, your body, your physicality. Then when we talk about the ego, that's another layer. That's part of your unseen layer. That's your mind. You know, your thoughts, what you think about how you feel. Did you know that what you think about how you feel is different from how you feel? (laughs) So those are two different parts of you. You can be angry and the animal doesn't know why it's angry. It just gets angry at certain things. And then here comes the mind, the ego say, oh, you angry because they did this to you. You angry because that that's a different part than the part of you that's simply angry. Okay, so that's ego and animal. And then when we think of higher self, this is. I think Western culture completely deletes this concept, but the fact that we are God itself, you know, we are somewhere, even in our anger, full of peace. <laughs> even in our sadness, full of peace. We are an observer. We are observing our sadness. We are observing the ego story about our sadness. So your higher self, you, you know that you have it. It's because some people in your podcast probably like, I don't have a higher self. <laughs> but they call it, you know, the voice of your conscience or the part of you that um, runs 70 trillion cells within your body. So there you are with 70 trillion cells, your ego sure not running it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Your animal is definitely not running it. That intelligence, the indwelling intelligence, Raul Nefer Amen calls it the indwelling intelligence, your higher self.
0: Right, amazing. Um, so let me go, let me kind of go back to one thing you were talking about in terms of the examples that you were giving, um, I can just think about what some people again, who are just not hearing about up level, uh, we hear that example about, you know, the slavery or maybe like the Jim Crow era era when, um, you're talking about, you know, black folks kind of almost capitulating to, you know, to white people in a a sense, in that example. How do you feel like that's, um, like, I know some people will probably consider that like maybe weakness or like, oh, they're just rolling over. Like, why do you think it's beneficial to do something like that in like today's era? Well,
1: from the perspective of the ego, the animal or the higher self, because my ego still has a hard time thinking about Mm -hmm. kowtowing and like you say, capitulating or bowing down. My ego have a problem with that. You see what I'm saying? But the higher self, right, knows that all is well. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is against me. Why? Because everything that I attract in this lifetime is going to grow me spiritually. And I came to earth to grow spiritually. So I literally came to earth to have the experience of a slave trade or of whatever. uh, uh, You know, every culture has had their traumatic Uh, history, even any culture, any human has pain as well as pleasure. So I come to earth to experience these various dualities, pain and pleasure, happiness, sadness, peace, whatever, in order to have growth. I only can grow through experience. What if I came to earth and I was perfectly fine, perfect, there was nothing going wrong, nothing, there would be no contrast as Abraham Hicks calls it, contrast. So the contrast that was presented during slavery caused us to have a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. If you're not being challenged in your life, you're stagnant, you're dying. That's like when you go to the gym, you're challenging your muscles, you're breaking them down so that they can build up stronger. That's what a tumultuous trauma will do for a human. So Duana tear or thank you for every experience I've had, including the transatlantic slave trade.
0: Right. Understood. Thank you. Again, that's very high level stuff. I hope people understand. I'm right there with you, though. Um, Can you maybe tell me about some examples? Like, how do you use up up level in your own life? Do you use it when you're working? Well, I mean, I know you do in the sense that you teach people, but like in your uh, career path, with people that maybe you work with, maybe, or relationships, friends, associates, family, how do you use it in your life?
1: Oh, I use it with everyone in my life because, I mean, if our ancestors could survive that hideous, beastly animal of an experience that we went through and still be here thriving, right? Then they have the uh, a lot. There's a lot of solutions in their demeanor. So um, being able to tap into my higher self really helps me get out of victim. And so I use it in every scenario that I can. Um, sorry, my dog is having a little, uh, 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 he's feeling ill. So I use it in every scenario that I can. I use it with my children. I use it with my parents. I use it with my clients, especially because that's what uh, relationships are battling with. This ego and this animal is trying to take control. When that happens, that means emotions, anger, rage, sadness, whatever, fear, is just out of control. So you have to do something to soothe that animal. You have to do something to make that animal sit down and shut up. Mm. <laughs> and that's mm. what up-level essentially does. I've noticed that men in relationships, for instance, are afraid when the woman gets emotional. So she's mm. complaining, bitching. you gotta do this. I'm tired of these. And they, men, I notice sometimes, I don't say all men, but they shrink to that a little bit. Up level, right. it helps them face into the, the feminine emotion because their safety, up level, includes a way to create a safe space for the animal, for the purpose of the animal being sued. You understand?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I think it's really amazing, too, because I was listening to something on YouTube the other day and it was just talking about um, you know, a, a debate in relationships that's been going on a long time um, on YouTube for the past two years or so. Just like how, how a lot of men were talking about how they don't understand why women react or emote in the way they do or like they're just tired of dealing with me- women's emotions and they really were like, wish they could control that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of really embracing it because part that part that kind of drives us crazy about women is the same energy that attracts us to them, basically. You know? Yes. Um and I just always think that some, if they really understood something like up level, they could really service and protect and like really hold space for their women in a lot in a much better way.
1: Oh yeah. And all of my men, I'm not dating a man who doesn't know how to hold space for my my emotion. And guess what? He won't know unless he knows up level, because I don't know of a system that supports us in holding space for the animal. All of the communication, all of the communication systems I've heard of like nonviolent communication or um, uh, something else. There's a few other ones that, you know, they are created to try to keep the animal out of the conversation. So I don't know why we're trying to beat the animal out and, and and for men, trying to beat the animal out of women. If you beat the animal out of women, then you also beat away her sex drive. You also beat away her orgasm and yours. I think that's why men don't orgasm, they just ejaculate because they refuse to tap into their deepest emotional core and let it out. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they have a very controlled, one-time ejaculation. That's okay, but I have 20 ejaculations and 20 orgasms. So, you know, like any human can do that. (laughs) I'm not at all afraid of my animal. Like I will let my animal out because I will let it out in a safe container. And I know the seven soothings of up level of how you or any man can soothe me when my emotions are up
0: mm right and that's very powerful like I know you wrote a book on it and um I'm probably gonna put the link to the book in the, in the description because I think people really need to check that out and give it a read it's actually it's a quick read it's kind of fun to read you give three different scenarios in the book where you um list everything it's it's very well written I think you did a very good job with that baby
1: Thank you. My husband actually wrote Up Level and he I co-wrote it with him. But my right. husband is the brilliant writer. I mm-hmm. am. My brilliance and my zone of genius is downloading the actual systems and processes. So I mm-hmm. downloaded the system of Up Level from the, the universe, the ancestors, and I could talk about it and teach it. But when it came to writing a book, that's my husband's zone of genius because he has that sort of focus.
0: Right, right. What, would, uh, what clients of yours would you say benefit from up level the most? And which ones you think struggle with it, like struggle getting the concept the most?
1: It's so fun to watch my clients with up level because the ones that are really deeply rooted in their ego, oh, they have a hard time. Because, see, the problem with the ego, the ego is not bad in and of itself. You need an ego, or you may as well have a lobotomy. You won't have a personality. You understand? Mm-hmm. The same? You're a vegetable. Is that a bad ner- term now? I think that's a negative term. Sorry if I offended anybody.
0: I don't think it is. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> remember we used to say retarded, then retarded became a negative term. You have to say mentally disabled or, I don't know the terms. Everybody talking about terms a lot these days, but anyway.
0: <laughs> I got to. All
1: right, so what, what I love to see my clients who really believe their ego story. If you truly believe, if you, if you're not out of victim yet, if you truly believe that somebody is doing something to you, like, you know, and, and you're like, yes, of course, every, people do stuff to people, but that's, that's not my belief. <laughs> I don't have the belief that somebody's doing something to me because I downloaded the Progressive Love Tenets, oh, 15 years ago, no shame and no blame. No cop outs, no dropouts, no victims, and no villains. The purpose is growth. These are five principles I create in my life. These are five principles. I see a lot of people saying that now. I create my life. I'm like, yes, you do, baby. <laughs> but downloading those five principles supported me in identifying with my higher self. If my whole mm-hmm. identity is in my ego, then I'm going to have a hard time with up level. So when when my clients have a hard time, I just know that they're centered. Their identity, who they believe they are is not a God, but it is an ego. That's it. -hmm. Mm. They'll have the hardest time, but they can get out of it. And I've watched clients do it. It's a learning curve and it takes time.
0: Right. Who um, Who would you say benefits like the most? Like when you go through the system, who do you see the most drastic change in? Is it typically you know married couples, or you know um, just couples that are together, um, you know, men or women, or does it just depend on the individual person?
1: No, I think I, I think it's, it's really married people. I, I really don't like. I don't personally work with non-married people, but okay. my does my husband works with single or free women. My daughter works with single or free men, so they can take the the single and free folks. I need to work with people who want to be together for life. If you have a goal, like we want our family to work, then you're going to be willing to go through the brain altering process of discovering up level all four of its steps, not just venting. A lot of people just know venting because we did it in our private groups for so long. And those people were extraordinarily fortunate we don't have a private group where we practice up level any longer but once right. you start doing the venting portion you that's a literal brain surgery and it's a literal ritual it's in a literal initiation mm-hmm. so powerful that it literally changes the neural pathways in your brain so the only time that people are willing to go beyond venting into processing which takes you to the next level of your shift then ownership mm-hmm. oh my god gratitude thank you for triggering me <laughs> that is a brain surgery altogether. So,
0: right.
1: and first of all, it's worth millions and millions of dollars to get that type of training anywhere. But second right. of all, I only take um a couples through it who have that goal to be together forever. If you don't want to be together forever, you're not going to get out your ego. Because if you're like, I don't know, this is just temporary anyway. I don't know. He's just my boyfriend. She's just my boo thing. You're not really... You're you're you you're not dedicated enough mm-hmm. to re-identifying yourself as a god. To do mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. so it's harder to do it if, if if you don't really have a goal like that with somebody. You see?
0: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, completely. Um I I do remember like when I was um doing a lot of up leveling with a partner of mine one time, um, over a course of months, like the hardest thing was to get her into processing. I could like have her vent, I could soothe her, but just to get her to go to processing and then ownership was like it took took years, it took forever to get that, just to yep. get the know so I find it very impressive. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Oh, it's that's why we wrote the book that we, we were considering not writing a book because we're putting our mm-hmm. entire intellectual property and our entire framework out for the whole world to read but we were like, they can read it but they're not going to. There, you will never, you will never know how to practice this without hitting no, no. an up-level coach, without being in an up-level coaching community, without doing it with people who know exactly how to do it. You can read it fifty yeah. times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you right, you right.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like um, it's it's like tantra in a way. Like you can't really do tantra by by theory and by reading it. You have to really. You know practice it to be yes. getting good at it you know
1: oh that's and, good we call it the tantra of communication absolutely oh um, wow
0: yeah.
1: and and I, cool. with good reason because once my couples get into it if they were not having sex <laughs> if they did not feel um um emotionally close enough mm-hmm. to touch each other now they do
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a form of tantra in my view. yes yeah i i 100 believe so um well can i switch the topics a little bit i feel like you do a lot like you're like no you, know, you stunning on on the gram a little bit ago you know you were like you know sure you could play cello where you were like doing gymnastics and <laughs> uh, you know, like you got like two husbands and everything and you got like your, your kids are doing great. Um, and I was just so proud of you when I was looking, I was flipping through your stories. Like, man, I'm so happy I know this person, you know. <laughs> um, how are things, are you, would you care to get a little personal maybe to talk about Like, how are things with you in your life right now?
1: Because I sure. feel like you,
0: you present a very like, you know, dynamic Aspect, but you've always been really real. I never heard you shy away from saying like, Yo, this is what, what I'm doing. Like I'm doing I'm working through it.
1: Right. Well, the, I, I love answering personal questions because that's why anybody ever listened to me in the first place. Because Ooh. I wasn't, I, you know, I was, I started Jujumama as a blog, sharing the pain of transitioning to polyamory with my husband. So my, my level of vulnerability and courage to go out in 2005, 2007, and talk about the fact that we were transitioning, that's why anybody paid attention. Um, I don't believe in a teaching style that doesn't include sharing myself vulnerably. And I have passed that teaching style on to many, many, many coaches now. I have an army of people who do the same technique because it Mm -hmm. worked. And I always am open to share. I'm an open
0: book. You can ask me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, well, how are things with um you and your husbands right now? You're in you're in Houston, um a new city, haven't been there, maybe like a year or so. Um, you know, and I think that most people when they think about the fact of a woman having two husbands, they automatically either think it's a some type of fairy tale or it's some type of fake thing. You know what I'm saying? That's not really imagining what the real breakdown is. But like how? How is that working? Can you talk about like, you know, your dynamics between three of you?
1: Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love it. One thing that we're doing here in Houston is that we're empty nesting. So for the first time, it's the three of us with no kids. So we can do whatever we want. It's no problems. You know, I used to have a real thing with the kids in the house. And I don't like, I wasn't comfortable with them listening if I'm having sex or if I want to walk around in some sexy lingerie or, if you know, whatever. I just was a very straightforward cancer mom. And I like for the house to feel very Brady Bunchy. So, (laughs) So I was more tame. Now, shoot, I got my husbands here. When they're out of town, I have my other brothers, my other boyfriends, and stuff here. I just feel free, you know. I'm in here doing all types of stuff, y'all. If y'all had a camera on this wall, y'all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm meeting lots of new people. The funniest thing about what's happening with me and Tiger, my second husband, is that the same thing happened with me and my first husband, but it wasn't as bad. So I created a system, downloaded another system called the Choice Paradigm. Now, the mm-hmm. nine expressions of love. And I had a theory back in the day that thousands of women and men used to debate me on. And it's about womb choice. And I said, mm-hmm. if you, a womb choice is the type of situation where a woman is choosing from her womb. You understand? She's choosing a man based on a desire to be sexual with him. And that's mm-hmm. how Tiger was for me. You know, that's all he was for me. You know, you were there, he would just come over, we'd have sex and he'd leave. I see him next month. Well, now- I
0: thought Tiger was a deity. I didn't know he was real. I never saw that dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever saw that dude, because he was a poor choice. It was just, I wanted more, but he wasn't willing to give more until year five. Okay, we're at year 10 now. But Mm -hmm. what happened was he moved in and then, just as my theory said, I'm like the Einstein of relationships. I, I say I know because ladies were like, "No, it's possible. We're gonna keep womb choice in. It'll stay womb-y. It's possible if you if y'all share if y'all have separate dwellings. You have to keep some of the tension in womb choice. Mm-hmm. You have to keep some of the polarity, okay? Because we start sharing a bed, seeing each other every day, having sex every day, and it was like, oh my gosh now we just don't feel inclined to do that, you know?
0: It's
1: like, like support choice, just like I theorized. And so, um, you know, I'm going to write a book on that because, you know, we're looking for that fantasy, that man we can marry who we, Definitely just want to be having sex with all the time. Has all the money. He's the smartest dude. He's the best parent. He is willing to shop with us at the mall. He dries our tears when we cry. He does everything. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's impossible. And I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, oh, I create my life, so I can create that. Yeah, you can you can have all of those things that you want. But my, 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 my theory is that the universe set it up so we couldn't get it from one human. Because if we could, we would never have created community. And if we had never created community, we would have perished as a species. The only way we remained a species living in the wild with tigers and saber tooth and elephants and shit, all our, our predators, we could light a fire. We could get enough water. We could send different missions on hunting. So if somebody died, everybody, all the men aren't gone. You cannot exist in the wild without community. So that's mm-hmm. why I think the universe has it set up that we can't get everything we need from one person.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what is the um? So what is the theory that you had? Like, like I know what you're talking about. But could you break it down for the people who may not really understand? So you're, so you were thinking that you know somebody who was a womb choice who, you know, you got to be with you, just wouldn't stay womb choice for long? Like, why would he transfer into uh, yes. a crown choice or something like that, or an MC or...
1: He may. I mean, a tiger turned into an MC and a support choice. So he's both okay. of those for me now. And it's the funniest thing with womb choice. This was another thing people used to argue with me about, but now everybody sees it, I think, is that, you know, they used to say, don't have sex with a man and he not giving you no money. Don't have sex with a man and he not giving you a ring. And And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I'm gonna have have sex with my womb choice no matter what. Because because the the womb choice is gonna feed me the creativity it takes to imagine my next iteration of what I need to do on this planet. I need Mm. to keep popping, I need it flowing. That's a gift, you understand? And, And that's when it's womb choice. So because I had sex with my womb choice, because he moved into the house, I got uber creative. You don't understand my income, like went from maybe $10,000 a month to maybe $40,000 and $50,000 a month Mm -hmm. over that time period where he was living there. Because I got so creative and then I freed him from his job and he started doing his passion, trading stocks. And then I started putting money over in the stocks and now he's making that. we we. We birthed an entire community. It includes Dwayne Mooney's and all the all the crypto and it that mm. from womb right. choice. So yes, now it's gone. I don't have that womb choice with him anymore. But now he he paid out. Now he he can keep me MC. <laughs> <laughs> he can be he support choice. He wants to live here. He's getting older,
0: you know. You to level up. He like, why am I going? Leveling
1: up. Now he got the next degree. So that right. is a good thing. I, I really mm-hmm. love that, you know. And so now you, I you, get another home choice.
0: So what do you say to people who would be like, well, why can't you guys just get the fire you know, sparked again? Or why can't you just, like, you know, <laughs> revitalize that energy? Like, you know, how married couples will say, well, you we need to work on the sexual connection to, like, just get that spark back. Why, why do you say to people who say who ask you maybe, why can't you just do that?
1: I think that those people don't have the experience I have with marriage, my own, and relationships. So myself with my two husbands, in all, I've been married for over what is it, twenty-seven with my first husband, ten with my second husband. So that's thirty-seven years. <laughs> I've been married thirty-seven years of my life, you know. And so I, 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 I experience these things, and then with my spirituality, I get the downloads. Like it's it's a Western concept that we can go get some new panties and spark up some energy. No, chi is, is, is a living thing. Energy is a living changing organism mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, that that is animating us. And so it's not something where, Oh my God, let me, that's like saying, well, maybe we can alter the oxygen molecule and make carbons and fibers. And no, you have to embrace what is when you can mm-hmm. embrace the energy that is, Now you're a scientist. Now you can label the elements. Now you can put the elements together and make things. But if I'm like, no, no, forget the elements. I don't want this, let's make a whole new thing. Okay, good luck. What I'm sharing is that I understand the nine expressions of love that root back to the nine archetypes, that root back to the nine planets, that root back to, you understand, our ancient time. these nine expressions of love, womb choice, crown choice, support choice, soul choice, money choice, the the masculine desires, the power desire, the freedom desire, these are all rooted back to elements. And the Mm -hmm. elements, if you put this element and put it there and do this, it does that. They're predictable, it's math. I knew when my womb choice moved here that the polarity would vanish, and it has. Now we've moved the energy onto something else. I don't need to try to rekindle and because the energy's not there. I embrace what is. It's changed
0: yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's powerful. Um, what would you say to women who only want womb choice like people who are only like fascinated with just that energetic because sometimes I feel in some um, interviews I' hear maybe, like the way that women describe men, they only want that womb choice scenario and that other things don't seem as important. What would you say to women like that?
1: Yeah, I think that our our culture and and men in particular only wanna be womb chosen. I think that in our culture, it's so pumped up that the sex thing, like nobody, I asked a guy the other day, guy I'm dating and we had sex maybe one time. And I found that I wasn't that interested in having sex with him. He was never a womb choice he's more of a support choice. And I did have sex with him, but I was like, I could take it or leave it. So the next four dates, I didn't have sex with him. He's like, well, what are we doing? Why why are we gonna have sex? And I'm like, but we just sat here on the couch and cried as you shared about your family and your history. I did healing work on you. We watched a movie that increased your intelligence. I let you listen to um, a recording that helped you increase your income. I lay in the bed and cuddle with you all night. These two are valuable, beautiful things. I just think our culture, we aren't taught to value humans. Mm. We value materialism. Give me the genitals. Give me the money. Give me the thing. We're not thinking about like, wow, share with me the healing. Share with me the nurturing. These are not material. They are energetic exchanges. Mm -hmm. So we're not taught to value the energetic exchanges. So I asked him, well, do you want to not see me again if we're not having physical sex? He was like, no, no, of course, because he know he do, because he (laughs) here, getting here for free. Now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I'm asking is that he view it and value it and label it, label the feminine. Know her, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not physical and material.
0: That's also powerful. Do you feel like there is a major disconnect between, you know, feminine women and masculine men that's like unhealable? Do you feel like...
1: Oh, no, no. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. What's going on between very feminine women and very masculine men Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that they're just not telling each other the truth. I mean, the bottom line there is is about... um, loyalty or the concept of fidelity that's a major problem between masculine men and feminine women feminine women want feminine women are very sensual and sexual okay so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I hear men say oh you're so masculine because you have many husbands no that's feminine feminine always wants more 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 bring me more and 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 sex is a feminine thing it's to feed the feminist, it's about pleasure. Pleasure is an invisible thing. It's not a material thing. Pleasure is what I'm telling you over here with nurturing. Over here with, um, um, it's, it's an energetic thing. So that's feminine. Anything physical is more in the masculine realm. So sex is a feminine piece. So, you know, women want sex. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And the issue between right now the feminine woman and the masculine man is the masculine man thinks that his masculinity is about sex and prowess and virility and you know so he's going to be prone to have multiple women then he wants Mm -hmm. a real feminine woman who's going to submit to him but he don't want her to be her natural sexual self and have multiple men so mm-hmm. that's gonna always be the problem with the, with the with the very feminine women and the very masculine men. That's just right. the, people think thinking something else. I don't know what they think it is, but it boils down to sex, like everything else on the planet.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, one thing that um, <laughs> one thing that I feel has um been you no know, around also or, or been in the zeitgeist lately is that. You know women feel like they don't understand why men want multiple women. Like they feel like you know, I think a lot of men, women who maybe don't have a husband, haven't been married, are like, "Well, I would just be good with one," you know, because they're coming from the state of not having any. unlike uh, like I guess I had on last week was saying, um, "But how do you think you can? How do you? How do we help women with that? Because if you no, know, we have the men have the issue of like not understanding that women want to be with multiple men." Um, how do we help women understand that like, he's, you no, know, men are having a hard time being oh. with just being a woman, you know?
1: No, no. Women know that, beloved. W- women have, <laughs> we you live know. in America, I mean, it, until 1955, it was perfectly normal for men, African American and European American, to have a mistress. Everyone knew mm-hmm. that the men had mistresses. The women have dealt with this for centuries. In this mm-hmm. culture as soon as, as soon as monogamous marriage was invented so was prostitution and so was the concept of the mistress mm. uh, 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 the women of, of slavery the the, the uh the, the wives of the quote-unquote enslavers were watching their men go out every night and have and have sex with multiple women of African origin daily mm. so this is not like oh women don't understand that men want this we know it The real question, and we're projecting onto you. When we say, why do y'all want it? Why do y'all want it? We're projecting. We're saying, gosh, Mm. we want it.
0: Mm. We
1: want it. I mean, that's all there is, is yourself. I mean, who are you talking to? You, (laughs)
0: I'm asking
1: you, why do you want something? I'm saying, why do I want it? Okay, if I'm questioning you, I'm questioning me. So in terms
0: of- (laughs) Say Say it again, baby, say it again.
1: You know what I said? That's three-way mirror. We know what's what. All these tools, they fit together like Legos to make a new world. And Mm -hmm. what what I'm sharing is that, yes, it's women. And it's men too. So the way that would help this is if we had real classes and real studies in schools for what a man is and what a woman is. You know, Mm -hmm. um, and and that men understood and what a human is. Humans are Mm -hmm. not a monogamous species. Monogamous species, you cannot tell the difference between the male and the female. Uh, you, you, like a, a geese, you look at a geese, you can't tell, there's no protruding breasts, there's nothing to attract the opposite sex. You're monogamous, you're not trying to attract. You're trying to uh, 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 um, confirm one mate for life. So you don't need breasts, you don't need protruding butt cheeks, you don't need a penis that is not retractable. Okay, so (laughs) when when you're talking about species that are monogamous, we know what those are. Monogamous species, the women do not, the the female does not have sex unless she's in heat. No monogamous species just having sex 30 days a month, every day, all the time, (laughs) whether she have an egg or not. So we need a new course on what is a human. And it has to remove this, the religious has effect this, the the, the school system and the way we're taught. Racism has affected this. Sexism has affected this. Misogyny has affected this. Our systems and education is not really an education. Mm. It's it's a programming. Mm -hmm. Education means we're learning truth. (laughs) (laughs) Programming means we're learning to do it in somebody's box. In somebody's way. You understand
0: to become what somebody wants us to become. Right. Um, last question I'll let you go. Um, you you did mention the three-way mirror, um no, um briefly there. And I don't think um again, I know what that is, but I think many of my listeners may not when they have heard that. Um the three-way mirror is an excellent tool that you created that really assists with people um being able to process and take ownership. Uh, but it's a difficult thing to do because you're really looking at yourself in difficult in a different way. Um, would you be willing to describe that a little bit for the people?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I would suggest that they get the Up Level Communication book. That they yes. jump in at uplevel.com because I have to go. I have a client on the phone waiting for me. But they okay. should jump in. They should get in here. Uplevel.com. They can get a free. Workbook on how to um, start getting into ego, animal, higher self and separating out your thoughts. They can get a $47 class that will start to introduce them to the Mm. full up-level class that teaches the three-way mirror. It teaches all of the parts of up-level. It teaches the full initiation. So that's what I would suggest.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's really important for people because I know we definitely can't talk about it all here anyway. It's too Um, bad.
1: The system took... (laughs) 10 years to build
0: and it is humongous so yes but all right I'll I'll let you go I know you um are working right now I got a client coming up but um I just want to say thank you very much I really appreciate you for doing this um I'm really happy that you're on here you know I ain't really getting to talk your stuff to people let them know what what it really is and I hope to have you on again sometime
1: I love you, Noble. Thank you so much for this. This was freeing and very refreshing from the interviews I've been in lately. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm back to the masses. I'll see you later.
0: <laughs> All right, baby. Love you too. You have a good one.
1: All right. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye.